starting with verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against um, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. If you're taking notes tonight, uh, titled Our Time, exactly what we've been doing the last few weeks, uh, the element that we're looking at itself, the helmet of salvation. This piece of the armor, the helmet of salvation, that which we put directly on our head. Um, Twan, see if you can pull up that, uh, that one image, the first image here, see if the kids all know what these are. He has to have it come up first. But once it does, assuming that we can get the uh, image up there, I've got a picture that'll come up and see if you kids, uh, once it comes up, you can tell what it might be. I've got several of the same image. Is it not on? I can come back to that. Just once you cue it up. So let's take a look. Um, let's take a look at this helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation, our salvation is for every single one of us, the most important thing that we have ever received. Would you agree with that? Our salvation. We've received a lot of things in life, right? We've received things that we didn't want to receive, right? Those of you that, uh, you know, receive, uh, one time I got audited. I didn't really want to receive that, but I got that anyway. Thankfully, I had all the paperwork I needed. That was something I didn't want to receive. Some of you kids have received birthday presents you really, really like, and those things you did want to receive. But we've received a lot of things in life, but nothing compares to the salvation we've been given. You kids all know what these are? What are they? What are they? Diamonds. Diamonds. Yeah, you, some of you girls, might, I put a Hello Kitty one up there for you. You see that? It's got a bunch of little diamonds on it. Because you can get diamonds in any kind of... You can get di- I didn't bring any props like cleats this time or arrows and things like that. I put them all on the screen. But uh, some of the ladies are like, oh, those are beautiful. That would look great on my finger, wouldn't it? Some of these are the only kind that like Princess Kate gets and stuff. You know, these are, these are monster-sized diamonds. But they're in different... What I love about... I, I actually love precious metals... And jewels, not that I own those things, but I just think that they, they are beautiful. I know that heaven, we know they're beautiful because heaven's going to be adorned with them. So they are pretty to look at. You just don't want to lust after them and greed, uh, be greedy for them, but they are beautiful the way they reflect light. And you look at something as beautiful as this, but also, all of you know that they are also extremely valuable, Right? Recently, there was a whole bunch of diamonds. Just a, just a couple of weeks ago in Europe, there was a whole bunch of diamonds that were stolen. 
worth millions of dollars. Now, each of these diamonds, because of their size and their complexity, is going to be worth a lot of money. It's an entire paycheck for a lot of people, an entire year's salary in some cases. Uh, These are very, very valuable. But as valuable as these diamonds are, and as beautiful as they are, they really pale in comparison to the value of our salvation and the beauty of our salvation purchased by Jesus. All the diamonds in the world can't purchase a second of eternity, right? All the stacks of gold bars, all the things that the world has, as pretty as they are, as valuable as they are, at least here and now, diamonds aren't worth anything uh, to God. They're just pressed coal to Him, right? And no, not over millions and billions of years. He actually can do it pretty fast. But their beauty uh, gives us a reminder of there are things in life that have worth, but nothing's worth more than your soul and my soul being redeemed by the blood of Jesus and not with precious stones, not with coins, not with money. Our salvation is of infinite more value than these diamonds, even if we took all of them collectively. There are many stories of uh, value. Billy Graham tells this story about a little girl, a little child, sorry, not a little girl, but a little boy, actually, that was playing with a very valuable vase. And he put his hand in the vase. You kids ever done this? And then he couldn't get the hand out. Yeah, I've done this when I was a kid with certain things. I don't even remember what it was, but I know it's happened to me, where you can't get the hand out. So he tried his best. He couldn't withdraw it. His father, too, tried his best to get the hand out to no avail. And uh, they were thinking of breaking the vase when the father said, uh, Now, my son, one more try. Open your hand, hold your fingers out straight, and then pull out. To the astonishment, the little fellow said, Oh no, Dad, I couldn't put my fingers out like that because then I would drop the dime I'm holding. And isn't that the way many people are? They're holding on to something like diamonds or wealth or career When in the scheme of eternity, it's like trying to hold on to a dime, right? Remember what I said about the little kids filling in the blank? A penny saved is not much, right? (laughs) Versus earned. You know, that's what it's like that people will hold on to all these unimportant things when God gives us all eternity. That's what salvation is is worth, and people will not let go. I will not let go. You know, you can die really young like Marilyn Monroe, right? Or, you know, Elvis Presley or Michael Jackson or all these different people that have died relatively young. I mean, 50 or or younger for the most part, and many, many more. And they were all holding on to, as it were, like a diamond, refusing to let go so they could be pulled out and actually... God would give them something far more valuable. Our salvation is worth so much. You know, we, you and I um, also benefit when we think of a helmet of salvation. Uh, how many of you kids put on a helmet when you ride a bike? You can go out and read. I actually read a couple of them today. You can read a lot of different articles about uh, people that have died because they didn't have a helmet on, like motorcycle, bike, uh, there was one, there was a skateboard rider I was reading about. Uh, he died uh, because he hit, his head hit the ground, fractured the skull, and he was uh, killed almost instantly. 
And yet, they said if he had a helmet on, the doctors were almost positive he would have not only not died, but not even had much of an issue. It's amazing what that helmet does for us. It's valuable in saving our life. But um, those things are uh, avoidable. And when you think about our soul, we're born falling without a helmet from the day we're born, right? We don't come, we don't come born with the helmet of salvation. We have to receive it from the Lord and place it on. Now, he's the only one that can give it to us. He's the only one that can furnish it to us. He's the only one that has the helmet that fits your size head. It's fit for each person. Every helmet, that you, the helmet of salvation, it's fit perfectly for your head and no one else's. It's your salvation that Jesus has purchased. It's true. He would have died if you were the only person, or I were the only person, on the face of the earth. He would have died for just one, wouldn't he? And that helmet is of such value, but we're born falling uh, and needing that helmet of salvation. And the calamity of dying without the helmet of salvation is far worse than just dying in and of itself or a serious head injury because a lot of times people don't die from not having a helmet on, but they have serious head injuries. You know, they say if you have a motorcycle, there's only two motorcycle kind of riders, those that have been in an accident and those that will be in an accident, right? So you definitely want to have that helmet on for things like that. But even still, more than the helmet for a motorcycle rider is the helmet of salvation that is the most important thing. Far more valuable. And Peter said in 1 Peter 2, 7, he said, now to you who believe, because not everybody believes, right kids? Does everybody believe in God? No. Everybody should. Does everybody believe in Jesus? No. Does everybody believe he died on the cross? No. Does everybody believe he rose from the dead? No. But many do. Millions around the world have come to faith in Christ. And so Peter says to, to you who do believe, this stone is precious. What stone is he talking about? Not these stones. Which stone is Peter talking about? He goes on to say, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders have rejected has become the chief cornerstone. You know, Jesus is called the pearl of great price. He's far more valuable than actually real pearls, cultured pearls, you know, any kind of pearls, black pearls, uh, anything you can think of, Jesus is compared to something of precious value by Peter. He's precious and extremely valuable, because Jesus is salvation, isn't he? He is, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the salvation. He is, as the scripture called, the salvation of the Lord is Jesus himself. He's far more valuable. And for us, he's the pearl of great price, and we gladly accept him as the cornerstone of our life, as the foundation of our life. But he will be the stone that will actually crush those that reject, that don't apply the helmet of salvation. Hebrews 11.26 says, He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ of greater, than va- of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was, a looking, he was looking ahead to his reward. Do you know who that was talking about? We've been studying him on Sundays. He regarded the riches of Christ of far greater value than the riches of Egypt. Any ideas, kids? Starts with an M. His brother's name was Aaron. I'm going to give a lot. You can't miss it now, right? Moses. That's right, Moses. Moses. He considered the riches of Christ or his salvation 
of far greater value than all that he could have in Egypt. You know, he lost a lot of friends when he left Egypt, didn't he? He actually ended up in the desert all by himself, lost all his friends, lost all his Egyptian bank account. He had a platinum like visa in Egypt. He could buy whatever he wanted, gold chariots, these kind of diamonds. You know, he could do all that stuff. He gave all that up for something of greater value because as soon as he died, he inherited a mansion forever in heaven, didn't he? It's a far greater value. Though Moses lost all those things, and you think about the imagery that Paul's talking about, he's talking about a helmet. Moses endured a lot of hardship. So did all the apostles. So did all the prophets. That's why he told Timothy, you're going to have to endure hardship like a good soldier, didn't he? Like a good soldier, you're going to have to put on the helmet of salvation and you're going to have to keep wearing it day after day after day. But its value is there. It's tough being a soldier of Christ, isn't it, adults? It's tough being a soldier of Christ, but it's worth it. And when we see Jesus face to face, we will realize, and I can't really put a number on this, but I'm going to just throw one out, trillions of times over how much worth it, how worth it it was because you really can't put a number on something that never ends, ever ends. It's very, very valuable, worth more than all the trials. Now, Paul t- said that you know, the trials and tribulations of this life are not to be compared to the future glory of heaven, but we do compare them, don't we? And it, and it makes us sometimes want to take the helmet off. It's heavy, right? It's heavy. The strap is bothering me. Right? It won't bother you near as much as if a sword hits you on the top of the head. Right? Let's take, let's take a look at this next picture here. Speaking of valuable protection. You don't want to take the helmet off, folks, do you? It's been well said. Years ago, I remember hearing someone say that I wouldn't... I remember, I can't remember what pastor I heard. I, don't, I wasn't saved at the time, but I remember hearing someone say... I wouldn't give up my salvation for one second for all the money in the world because you don't know if you could die in that one second, right? A lot of people, oh, I'll take my chances, right? If you take your chances to go unsafe for one second, you may never come back either. So you don't want to take the helmet off. The helmet offered a lot of protection. You know, when you look at this helmet, you say, that looks kind of weird, but I tell you, see that uh, red thing up there with all the... A lot of, I don't mean I don't even remember what it was made of, but you know, if you swung a sword and it hit the top, that actually would slow the impact coming through, right? The swords actually would kind of hit that thing, and it also they they were pretty smart those Romans. Um, that actually that actually helps the impact not be as powerful on the top of the helmet. You see how it would hit hit the top of that thing, and that you know it actually looks really cool too for those of you kids that just like the look of it but it actually serves more of a purpose. A sword comes like that, hits that, uh, hits that thing, kind of slows the impact. The sword distributes some of the impact over the entire helmet, right? Pretty smart. Instead of having padding like on the inside, like uh, NFL football helmets and stuff like that, it's got a lot of, although they did have some padding in there too, they would put some leather, but not quite as uh, nice as a Rydell helmet uh, for those of you that you know, like football and stuff. But this helmet, very, very 
very, very valuable. Hebrews 10.39 says, We do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but those who have faith and are saved. You know, we're saved by the helmet of salvation when, when Satan tries to take a blow to the head. We, we have the firm safety of the helmet of salvation that the Lord has put on us. So, uh, by the way, I didn't mention, but our two points tonight, just two, valuable and visible. That was valuable, by the way. But it's also a visible thing. If you saw someone wearing that helmet, you'd know they were wearing a helmet, right, kids? It'd be pretty unmistakable, especially the Roman helmet with that bright red plume thing there. And, you know, it'd be hard to miss. Uh, you can see in this image, we kind of accented just, just the helmet, but it would be difficult to miss the helmet that someone is wearing. It's pretty easy to tell, too, when you are dealing with a Roman soldier, that's a soldier wearing the helmet. The question is, can people tell if you and I are a soldier of Christ? Is it visible? Is it visible to us? Do we see God growing and working and moving in our life? We have the helmet of salvation if we're saved, but we have to put it on daily. Now, I don't really put my salvation on it. I've been sealed till the day of redemption. So if you, if you, anyone hath not the Spirit of Christ, he's not of Christ. Paul said that in the book of Romans. But if we have the Holy Spirit, we're sealed to the day of redemption. And though we uh, are saved, we're still to focus on our salvation. That's really what the Lord is saying, right? We're not so much getting, we're not, it's, not, it's not getting saved every day. It's not, oh Lord, he saved me this morning. When you put on the helmet of salvation, that it is focusing on that which you have received, right? So the Roman soldier, it's the, the, the helmet that he's received from the commander or those above him, it's his helmet. It belongs to him. But he needs to put it on, right? When we focus on our salvation, we have a lot of protection from Satan's schemes. Because he's, who did Paul say is our enemy? Other people? Iraq? Iran, Egypt, Europe, the government? No. Our enemy is spiritual wickedness in high places. It is principalities. It's the forces of evil that want you and me to lay down our salvation. Uh, Maybe pick something different up. Maybe put on a baseball cap instead. Something a little lighter. Something a little easier. My friend Billy Rutledge, you guys know Billy. Billy talks about people they want to pick up a balsa wood cross really light, airy. It wouldn't stand up to anything, right? But you put on the helmet. The Roman soldier has the helmet, but he must put the helmet on, right? It doesn't mean that the helmet's always comfortable. We talked about that. It's not always comfortable, but once you put it on, people will know that you put it on, and you'll know that you have it on. It's visible to ourselves as well. We have to put it on daily. This helmet... Um, it's a uh, Latin word, or the Greek word, I should say, perica phalia, means helmet, it means helmet. Helmet means helmet. I just thought you would like to hear that word, it's a great word, it's just fun to say. But really, it's a metaphor, because of the Bible interprets the Bible, it's a metaphor for that which is the hope of our salvation. That's the more important point there. It's a metaphor for the hope of our salvation. The helmet of salvation means hope of salvation. It's something that we fix our eyes on, the hope 
of heaven. The hope of heaven. The hope of heaven. How do we know that? Well, Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 5, 8, but since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. It's the only other time that Greek word is used. It's only used twice in the New Testament. These are the two places. Ephesians 6, 1 Thessalonians 5, 8. The helmet means the hope of salvation. Aren't you glad you have the hope of salvation? That's what the helmet is. So when you focus on the hope of salvation, it makes everything else pale in comparison. I remember when I first got saved, Pastor Bob told me he was counseling someone who came in and their life was so miserable and they wanted to give it in, give up and throw in the towel. And he goes, look, are you saved? And they're like, yes. He goes, does anything compare to that? Can you put all your problems in comparison to the hope of salvation? And he said it changed the whole conversation after that. Now, it will change the conversation if our hearts are soft and we really believe God, right? Believing in the hope of salvation. Every day, we want to look upon our salvation as our continual protection, as our continual protection. Philippians 2.12 says, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Oh, work out our salvation with fear and trembling? Yeah, we have to remember to look at the hope of our salvation and say, thank you, Lord, but I know that there'll be a lot of attacks coming against me because the enemy's not going to be happy that I'm going to live for not only my own salvation, but that other people would receive salvation, that other people would receive the helm of salvation. And so that fear and trembling only happens when you stay in the presence of who? Jesus. You stay in the presence of Jesus himself in prayer. And it's in prayer that we look to the hope of our salvation, and the Lord really helps us put it on and remember it and understand its value because a lot of times, even things that have value, we forget how valuable they are. This week, our dishwasher broke down. We are remembering in our house the value of when it worked. (laughs) Right? Now we remember, oh, now it it really is kind of nice to have this thing. I've got a guy, he came out yesterday, and he's got to go find the other part for it in Maryland, and it'll be fixed tomorrow. But, uh, but when, when you really spend time with Jesus, he never lets you forget how valuable the helmet is and why visibly you must put it, put it on and for other people to see it, that people would know, oh, you belong to Jesus. You're a soldier of Christ. It's visible to others. It's valuable to you. And it's visible to you as well. But the Lord can see. He's the one that can tell us, is it on right, Lord? No. No, you're not paying near as much attention to it as you should. Jesus said in John 13, 35, By this everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. You know, those of us who wear the helmet of salvation love other Christians. We forgive them. We like to be here on Wednesday night with them. We like to hang out. We like to fellowship with them. We like to email each other, text each other, pray for each other. Doesn't mean we don't reach out to the world. We absolutely want to do that. We're not just wearing our helmets uh, just to kind of sit in the locker room. We're going out into battle, but we are going to have each other's back. Amen? 
That's what soldiers of Christ do. They love each other. And the world will see it. When the world sees Christians being mean to each other or not really loving and caring for each other, they're turned off. They don't want the helmet. I don't want to join that military. I don't want to join the body of Christ. We're supposed to be the loving army. Amen? That's what the Lord would have us be. We fellowship here not because we have to, but because we desire to, although we, are, we do have to. <laughs> Jesus has commanded it. But even though he's commanded it, we actually want to. I not only have dinner with my family because the Lord wants me to gather with them, but I actually really enjoy it. And to, I enjoy being with this family, which is the larger, more extended family of Christ. But the Lord wants us... I took a look at the last slide. I kind of put a little bit of last week and this week into this slide. That's Tim Tebow. Anyone know who he is? I put a few things on here that we've talked about in the last, uh, last week and this week, which kind of, um, kind of sums up what it's like to actually have some of the armor of God on. This actually is not the full armor. We're talking about, uh, last week we talked about feet shod with the gospel of peace, and tonight we're talking about, obviously, the helmet of salvation. Now you can see, I told you all, and now you kids know, I told you a lot of football players in the locker room, they wear what? He's wearing flip-flops. He's got on a t-shirt, no shoulder pad, no protection for the shoulders, no protection for the chest, just a t-shirt. He's got on a ball cap. Yeah, it looks cool backwards, but you don't want to get hit on the football field by a guy 290 coming at you about, you know, I don't know how many, like a freight train. You don't want to get hit in the head with a ball cap on. There's no face mask there. There's no protection of that beautiful nose he's got, you know. None of that, none of that's going to help you any. There's no helmet. Where is his helmet, kids? Do you see it? It's hanging on the side. And we're just having fun. Tim Tebow's a godly man. He loves the Lord. I actually enjoy following him on Twitter and some of the, you know, he's a good guy. He's in the body of Christ. We're just having fun with this picture. It's just, an, it's just telling a little bit of story for us. But the helmet's not going to help him on the field sitting there, is it? Here's his cleats. You can see, you can see if you're up here close, you can see they're big, like, number size 12-type shoes with, uh, you know, shoestrings uh, popping out there. I don't think he's going to go on the field in the flip-flops. Do you? I think he's going to put the cleats on. You can see his pants and stuff are hanging over there on the side. You know, they've got the pads on the knees and pads on the legs. Um, he's holding a TiVo. His last name is Tebow, but he's holding a T-I-V-O, TiVo, that you can record all your favorite TV shows and stuff on. Now, I'm really having fun with Tim here. He's not holding a Bible here. He's holding a thing that lots of people like more than Bibles. That's TV, right? He's not even holding a football, but he's the quarterback. It's just a picture. He work, he's, TiVo's one of his sponsors, by the way. That's why he's holding that. But he's not holding a football, and he's not holding the Bible. Football would be the metaphor of what he'd have out on the field. But in, in a spiritual life, which we'll talk about next week when we get to the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, but you look at all this here and you say, man, if you really go out and you're really going to be engaged against the enemy that's fighting against us, you're going to have to take the ball cap off, put the helmet on, right? Put the shoulder pads on, put the cleats on, all those things. 
That's, no, no matter how good of a workout warrior he is, it will not help you to be on the field in flip-flop shorts and a t-shirt, will it? It wouldn't allow you out there. But a lot of times Christians, they kind of believe in the Christian life that they can dress like that, right? And then they wonder why they fade away. I don't want to go to church anymore. I don't care about that stuff. What about other people getting saved? I don't really care if other people get saved. Well, they never say that. That's not what they'll say. They'll say something like this. I don't have the gift of evangelism. Code for, I don't know, I don't care, right? God wants us to put the helmet of salvation on and remember our salvation, and then we will walk in it, and people will visibly say, ah, you're a soldier of Christ. Can you tell me fill in the blank about... The Bible says we're supposed to have an answer for the reason that hope... What hope lies within us? The hope of heaven. The hope of being with Jesus forever. The hope of being with our salvation for all eternity. We wear that hope. We walk in that hope. You know, no matter where... The bottom line is actually once people know, everyone really, you know, for Tim Tebow... He doesn't, he doesn't even have to be in the uniform. People know he's a football player now, don't they? Everybody knows that. They've seen him wear the helmet so much. They've seen him wear the pads, all those things. But those of us who know the Lord, people realize what we value. They realize we consider your coworkers, those of you that are you know, in, the, in, in the world and you work every day uh, with people that are un, unsaved around you and you've got to go into the office or go into your job site or whatever, they begin to, over time, they know what you think is valuable. They know what you really think is valuable. Not what you say, but what they, they know it. After a while, they truly know what you think is valuable. It's visible to them if you really wear the helmet of salvation. You know, is there enough evidence to convict, right, of being a believer? They know, they know that. 2 Corinthians 2.15 says, For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. Not just the helmet. We have an aroma, right? Roman soldiers, they probably had an aroma too, but probably not a good one. We have an aroma of fragrance that is actually a beautiful fragrance of Christ to those who are perishing. And then I love the last thing, another kind of metaphor of what we're supposed to be. Now, Paul uses the same word. If you look in your Bibles, he looks at it, he uses it again in verse 20. If you go two verses down, or three verses down from the helmet of salvation in 17, he says, for I am an ambassador. He says this also uh, in 2 Corinthians 5.20, for we therefore are Christ's ambassadors as though we were making his appeal, as though he were making his appeal through us. And he is making his appeal through us because our helmet of salvation and our feet, you notice that the feet have the gospel on it and the head has the gospel on it. Helmet of salvation, feet shod with the gospel of feast. You're constantly thinking about the hope and your feet are ready to go tell other people about it. That's what we looked at last week. That's, that's being armed for the Lord, isn't it? We have one piece left next week. We have the sword of the Spirit. But let's close in prayer. You guys enjoy that? Are you going to wear the helmet of salvation? Yes. Yeah? How about the adults? Good. We're unprotected without it, right? 
but we're fully secure with it. We've been given it. The question is, are we going to put it on, right? It can't sit on our nightstand or in our locker or in our car. We have to wear the helmet of salvation. And as we think and meditate on what Jesus has done for us, we can't help but tell other people, live it out with our life, with our lips, what the Lord has done for us. Amen?